Welcome to the Global Mission Awareness Podcast, where the last command of Jesus is our first priority, to bring the good news to the least, last, and lost. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is Lila with you again. I'm here talking to Dad today, and Dad, I just wanted to ask you, out of all the different priorities out there, there's so many things that we're all going after and trying to grow in, but I want to know what is your first priority? At the end of the day, the one thing when you're laying on your bed and it's just you and God, what is the one thing that is on your mind, the one thing that motivates you your day in and day out life? Yeah, and it's an impossibility to answer too simple, but I'm going to yeah. try to do it as simple as I can. Yeah. It's two simple things. One of them is the best thing about Jesus is Jesus. Mm. Meaning, my number one priority is to seek first his kingdom yeah. and his righteousness. And that is, I'm seeking first Jesus. I just, I, I put Jesus, I want him to be the number one in my life. Yeah. And I, his, his way of living and loving. Mm. And then the second thing then, connected to that, is, is also what a topic today when we're going to talk about his last command. Yeah. Why that is my first priority. And why it should be everybody's first priority. Because when I'm seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, then all these things shall be added. Mm. But the second question then connected to, when it comes to Jesus and saying, Jesus, if Jesus said, I'm going to actually leave you, I'm going to leave this place, and, and then eventually I'm going to send you a helper because yeah. what is my number one priority, I want to be your greatest priority jesus had won the battle so that's yeah. not even the issue any longer he just now one other part of the purpose of the father i'm going to go home to papa i'm sending you the holy spirit and then yeah. eventually i want everyone on the sons and daughters to live and love just mm -hmm. like jesus and to finish this first this great commandment this great commission the commandment is that you love god and you love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. And the commission is that you go, not stay. You go and disciple nations as you baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then you teach them all things. So we just talked about it right before I started the program, like when Billy Graham just left. And I mentioned there's been a several times I've looked looked into the mirror and seen death. One of them yeah. when I had a tumor, or I had my car accident, or I've been in countries where you just are totally isolated and there's an impossibility you can come home. At that yeah. moment, you start to see what's important. Mm -hmm. You realize what is your legacy? What is not going to matter? There's a lot of things that's not going to matter in the big picture yeah. of things. But then you also find out what it, making sure the main thing is the main thing. That's what we're seeing with Jesus. That's what we're seeing in the Great Commission. That's when you're seeing what is in his heart. He knows that I'm going to be gone, but now all authority has been given to me. Congratulations, Lila. Congratulations yeah. to all of you. Yeah. All authority has been given. Now you, therefore, therefore you go and you yeah. disciple nations. And like you said, it's, it's such a simple thing, but at the same time, it's, you know, we still haven't necessarily seen the world change, you know? And so I guess I'd want to ask you, what is maybe some of those resistance or why is it, you know, that there's such a simple concept that it seems like we have such a hard time grasping and actually getting this work done? My question back again to you, why do you think, Lila? Mm -hmm. why, why do you think that people, that this is so difficult? <laughs> what, what is holding people back from being able to live or 
Do, do you think that people are not aware that this is the Great Commission? No, I mean, that's the thing is I think it's something, I mean, you're taught this in even vacation Bible school. You know, this is kind of almost first day Sunday school. You learn John 3.16, for God so loved the world. You learn, you know, this is the reason that we're here. We're here to change the world. And honestly, I would feel like even in my own life, some of the times where I have wavered from acting on what I believed is from exactly that, from lack of belief. You know, sometimes you wonder, like, will God really use me? You know, can he really use me? Is this actually a possibility? Is this something we can even see in our lifetime? And if not, then what's the point of moving forward or like what you've talked about of facing suffering or the pain along the way? So I think you have to have such a big yes, like this big motivator, you know, and that true belief that we can make a difference and that God will use us to make that difference. So I know that's been my thing that I've been working through is really believing, yes, God wants to use me. He can use me and that all he needs is my yes. And that anywhere I go, you know, if, as long as I'm stopping for the one, we could see change happen. But, so what are some of the practical things, practical things for people? Because I know some people, I mean, yeah. what things happen, people are, well, I go to school and yeah. then I get married and then I get a job and then I, I mean, it's the practical things in life. Then you pay bills and, oh, there's the baby there. Yeah. It's no longer just you and Jesus for some people. And then, oh, here's mm -hmm. child number two. Now it's you and Jesus and then it is the job and then it is church and then it is this. Absolutely. And then, oh, then we have this little great commission thing that we also, <laughs> that's another thing added to my plate when I already have a full table and yeah. I'm just need Jesus to help me with all the things. So how does people in that situation? Yeah. I think for me, um, what can sometimes, or what has been a long struggle is trying to figure out what to do before actually just spending time with the person that told us to do it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, you know, if you don't understand what's being requ requested of you, go to the person that's asking, you know? So for me, that's been, because like you said, we've had, you know, especially me, I, I was newly married. I have school. I have all these goals, career, bills to pay, different things, like just normal life, things that are hard, losing loved ones, different things that happen. And then at the same time, as you know, I've been raised under your roof. So I see these extravagant and I hear the stories of the healings and crazy, awesome things. I've heard the hard stuff. I've heard of guns in your face or demonic attack or different. And you've been to Africa like with me too. I've been to Africa. I've, been, <laughs> yeah. I've gotten my own hands dirty, you know, so I've had kind of these both and. But I think for me, the biggest thing is always or the journey the Lord has been taking me on is just getting so connected and so intimate with Jesus where he becomes like my closest friend. And realizing that it doesn't have to be one or the other, that it's not just choosing ministry or missions or this radical supernatural life. And then that means I can't have a family or a job or be impactful to my community or things like that. And that it, being over here doesn't mean I have to be mundane, you know, and just live every day like, okay, if I choose family, I choose here, that means I'll never get to see the world change. And so when that lie kind of got taken away, that you can have that the Lord cares about the health of your family just as much, if not more, than you do, you know. But that he also has equipped us and can give us the capacity we need to see the world change as well. But it comes from like what you talk about a lot, that wisdom comes from him and communing with him. And he tells you a lot of times not the full picture, but the day by day, step by step to get to where you need to go. So I feel like that's been, at least for me, where I've seen when, like what you say, if you look at memory stones, I didn't see it while I was in it. But looking back, it's obvious, wow, God, you were up to something. Your hand was obviously on each step, even when it seemed like you weren't there. And so that, at least for me, mm. has been. Yeah, I don't know if you're realizing that the, the, the theme verse for the whole book of Acts, mm. and of course the book of Acts is because they acted. Yeah. But if you think about what I love about the disciples is that each one of those people, just very ordinary people like us, 
and we kind of can smile about a doubting Thomas, so we have names for yeah. them, and Peter that kind of a stabbing Peter, and you can put up a calling name for each one, and it's just kind of a shouldn't these people that have been around Jesus? Mm-hmm. But how did they evangelize? Ordinary group of people, one of them Judas. And I just heard actually Blake Healy on Saturday just sharing yeah. very beautiful message, but he just talked about because Thomas continued to pursue, but Judas believed in a shame. Both of them betrayed. Yeah. Or, but Judas listened to shame and eventually killed himself instead of repenting. Mm-hmm. But Thomas continued to pursue afterwards. And to see who Thomas was and even the price that Thomas paid. But I think that one of the things that I, at least I want to encourage us and bring into this message is to see these disciples that Jesus, when he gave them the Great Commission, that is an mm-hmm. overwhelming task because they had life. If there was fishermen or whatever they were doing, they had an incredible life. But something changed with them because Jesus is like, listen, guys, don't you dare go out and try to change this world. That's pretty much what he says after. I want you to change this world, but don't you dare do that until you receive power. And I know that we have an e-course that we're putting together, part of this reign and life. And I uh, pray Mm -hmm. and hope everyone that listens, not because, uh, but I just get so excited that we get to take people on a journey how to receive power so they can become powerful. Because I think it's one of the biggest reasons we feel so powerless with all these needs. If that's just in the workplace or people with cancer, we pray for the sick, nothing happens. And and, and to some degree, we feel powerless. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we lower expectation level. Then we don't have to live with so much disappointment. Mm -hmm. But then how do you kind of push through that? Like you said, we've heard heard so many stories from, if you want to call them like the greats in our world of where, you know, they prayed for a hundred people, didn't see anything until their first breakthrough, or they had, you know, all these different experiences. And I know you've mentioned even Randy Clark talks about, you know, being able to handle like the disappointment, living with mystery is a part of that life of walking and healing and walking in power. But how do you push through? Like you said, we're, we're reading it. We believe it. This is what Jesus said. Yes, we're going to go out and do better and even more. And like you said, that first person, hey, can I pray for you? And they're like, oh, no, it hurts worse. And you're like, what happened? You know, like, and so how do you push through that, you know, and not start to look inward of like, oh, it must have been me. I'm not holy enough. I'm not good enough. Or maybe God doesn't, you know, how do you not allow those lies to come in? And I, th- I think that the, the beautiful part is going to be kind of the text here and for the whole mm-hmm. power the upgrade in power, if people need an upgrade in power, uh, the verse is Acts 1 8. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a key verse because the same question would have been for all of those disciples. It would be, but this time now there's 120 people in the upper room. And they're kind of in this, Jesus has just kind of given his final speech and everything else. Then Jesus is being ascended. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So what Jesus said now, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. If you remember in John chapter 20, and in the first e-course, we talked about that, how you're receiving. So a yeah. lot of people, we've been on that point where we have the Spirit in us. Mm-hmm. And now the Spirit comes upon you. The Spirit in you is for yourself so that you can live the Jesus life. So the fruit of the Spirit is evidence of that. That's yeah. kind of connected to salvation. But the same people still didn't have the boldness. They didn't have the courage. Yeah. They didn't have this to face the impossible. They, they were just ordinary people that suddenly became extraordinary. So they yeah. went in this upper room and realized that I know what Jesus is calling us to do. We have watched him do it. 
and it is totally mission impossible that yeah. he's called us to do. So, but Jesus was very, very clear, just wait in this room. So that's the mm. part of the waiting game sometimes for us, that sometimes we're going in and spending time and just saying, Jesus, I mean, I do know my assignment, and that's what we're going to look at. Yeah. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you so that you can be my witness in Jerusalem. Then the next thing, then Judea, yeah. then Samaria, and then to the uttermost part of the world. So it doesn't start with the uttermost part of the world, the power for the uttermost part of the yeah. world. It is the power to be a Jesus witness. The witness is actually mm -hmm. the Greek word that's using the word for martyr, martyrs, for witness. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Mm -hmm. I'm going up, and then I'm sending the Holy Spirit down. And now you have the power so you can be even a martyr, a martyr, somebody that is just a lay down lover. You're going to become free from you and you get filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what the anointing do. The anointing separates you from yourself. Yeah. And you're becoming totally one with Him, totally one with the Father, totally one with Jesus, one in the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And now these ordinary people is in this upper room. Jesus, after He gave them this incredible, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you so that you can be my witness. You can represent me starting in your Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and uttermost part of the world. And then eventually when Jesus ascended, we, they were in these prayer meetings like, oh, they didn't go out there. And I'm sure that what Jesus is saying, yeah. don't you dare going out and try to change that world. Let me come in and change your world. Yeah. And that's what was happening here. It's not kind of a, that's what I'm saying. This is in, a, in the upgrade in power. You receive it, you become it, you release it. Then you need more. So you receive more, become more, and release more. Yeah. But the first initial evidences of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, yeah. is the clarity of the power is for a holy goal. The mm -hmm. purpose of the Holy Ghost is a holy goal. So the whole thing here is where he's saying, we are sometimes saying, well, no, you go. And when you go, I will give you the power. Wow. So the, the empowerment is for people that are going, not for people. But first you're staying and you're ask, waiting. Yeah, like which one, it's almost like which one comes first. Is it because there's some people that, you know, you may experience this incredible power, but if you don't have the bravery or the courage or the, you know, will to actually act on it, you know, it's kind of like, it's almost, I don't want to say wasted, but almost wasted. But if you, you, know? think, if you think about Simon Peter, one moment, I'm like, I will never do. If everybody else let yeah. you down, I will never do. And then three times, I don't know him. I don't know him. Yeah. I, I've never seen that. So you see, and then now you see the boldness. Now he stands there and he preaches. He doesn't care yeah. what you guys do. And Peter just, that same person mm. is so transformed. This is after years with Jesus. But now in this moment, they have an encounter with the power of the Holy Spirit. The same power that raised Christ from the dead was now on him. And with yeah. boldness, now he had courage. I don't care what people are going to do. Yeah. and say, You cannot kill me. I've already got the power to lay down my life, to live the Jesus oh. life. And so that's what part of the reason we do the upgrade and power course, yeah. because I want people now, when you receive that love, now you can be entrusted with this kind of a power. Yeah. And the boldness when Peter then said, hey, I know you guys, you think you may be drunk in the middle of the days, or you may be thinking about, let me tell you, like the prophet Joel said, and then he starts yeah. to preach the next two. And Incredible. repent, therefore, repent, therefore, <laughs> and receive that Jesus you crucified. I mean, you can see this boldness. Wow. What has happened to this ordinary fisherman that betrayed and was so afraid what people is going to think? Now yeah. he can care less. Now you can start to see this boldness. You can see the courage. And that's part of the thing that we are inviting people into this lifestyle. That doesn't mean we're not going to have wisdom or not sensitive. That's why it comes from a place of love. Yeah. But you could see these ordinary people. They turn the world 
upside yeah. down. And the world around said, oh, aren't they ordinary people? Isn't this a Lila? This is a Leif. Or this is a Leisha. This is a Kaylee. Or this is a ordinary people. But now something has happened. Mm. <laughs> the same Jesus that raised the dead now is raising the dead. The same. Yeah. And yes, then we're dealing with some other practical things that you're saying and you see that with them they were put in prison there was many things yeah. that tried to stop that and if i were the devil i know exactly how i would shut down the fire for each mm-hmm. one and that's where the enemy is we we're living in a warfare where the enemy is trying to coming in yeah. and then in the next moment oh disappointment happened or i pray for this person i didn't get healed yeah. and before you know it we started creating a whole theology of who we are not instead of who we are definitely because of circumstances and that's what the enemy started, and that's how he stopped us from being yeah. a witness. And the second thing is also, if we cannot define our Jerusalem, what is your Jerusalem? Mm. Our Samaria, or excuse me, our Judea, and Samaria, and uttermost part of the world. I believe every great commission Christian with a great commandment heart has a Jerusalem. So when I'm here or go to the grocery store at the restaurant today, I'm also representing yeah. God. I'm also a witness. I'm representing Jesus that he is alive. The way I encourage people, the way I bless mm-hmm. people. So the witness is a lifestyle to start. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, I was just about to say it's a lifestyle. You can't turn it on and turn it off. No, it's, it's a yeah. lifestyle. And, it, and many times on the airplane, and it's done for different people, understanding the different personality. Yeah. And there's all these tools. And we are doing that in this season. It's so much part of what we're doing is we're going to raise up people that this is going to become it's not going to be so scary i just yeah. i just spoke well, give us some examples that's what i want to hear you're saying you know give us an example of a time that you've felt again compelled by love to act to do something that would have put you outside of your comfort zone or that maybe scared you but then you like went through with yeah. it and it ended up being yeah just awesome. from this just from this last week actually on my desk right now um alicia just put a couple of books there for me to sign because there is this CEO and president, and for me, that would be more an intimidating yeah. of a bank that I didn't know that he, he is sitting there. And I just felt that I had some words over him and released. Like on the airplane? No, uh, in a restaurant, oh. in a restaurant just in Minnesota last week. And through me sitting there and just feeling, so I went over to him and, and released something. And he got so touched that I'm now, he got me his business card, and I'm signing these books to give to him. So for me, that it's just in that example, that would be one. Another one is uh, just this week. I'm just mm-hmm. talking about there's this girl that's coming over. And one of my weaknesses this week was that, or last week, maybe my emotional tank was a little bit down. Yeah. So I went to Denny's or Denny's, <laughs> the, the breakfast place. Your comfort food. My Denny's comfort and food. Waffle House. Yeah, Anyone those are the, with life, if you need comfort food, yeah, Denny's comfort, or Waffle House. Yeah, so, but they had something <laughs> and it's called Santa Fe Skillet. Yeah. Santa Fe skillet. So I'm just there. I had it for breakfast because we have the nice church, but in the hotel breakfast, you kind of had, no, I'd rather have the skillet, the, the, the Santa <laughs> the Fe Denny's, skillet. Yeah. The and then so I had it for breakfast. Late at night, when the meeting is over, I sneaked out of my room back again and I had it again. So I had it twice every day. But then there is many opportunities to, because of course, you should receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you so you can be a witness. Mm-hmm. So in my room, when I left the room, I signed a beautiful note and I put, because I knew I would bless. That's one of the things we do. That's a way to witness is to be a blessing yeah. to people. So I blessed the person. So every time I leave the room, put a little note. Mm-hmm. Because if I put a note there, but there's no tip or no blessing over that person, they don't know how generous Papa God is. Yeah. And he's very generous. He's so much of a God that he sent his only begotten son. So even at this one waitress that night, we were able to, the pastor Don and myself, we were there and 
we started to share, asking some questions and starting to care. But just the way you, even if you're tired yourself at night, there's all these people that are tired around. Yeah. And we got to pray a little bit with her and then ask some question and found out that she is 17 years old. And she's a senior in high school, just working mm. very hard. She's the sole provider for her parents. I don't know why and what's going on in their world, yeah. but you can see. But she was so positive and everything else. Oh. And then just felt again, that, okay, how does she know how good Papa God is as we bless her? And just took a $100 bill and placed it in her hand, tears flowing in. She oh. knows how good he is. So sometimes love looks like generosity. Yeah. Sometimes it looked like praying for some sick people. And mm. I've seen this this week of somebody sick. So sometimes, and sometimes it looks like wisdom. Just yeah. give somebody wisdom. That's part of what we're doing here. Sometimes it looks like love, sometimes power, and sometimes wisdom. Yeah, but it, no matter what people get in contact with, they should be able at least to know, I was loved by this person. Even yeah. if they didn't get healed, I was loved by exactly. I, that it person in the wheelchair. God, no it points back to God, yeah. I was loved by, somebody loved me enough. So wow. I see this consistently speaking. So I want that as a lifestyle in my Jerusalem yeah. restaurant yesterday. When we are at the restaurant, the Spanish, the Mexican restaurant the other day. But tip is one way that I feel we have an opportunity. Encourage these people. Yesterday we had this with my daughter Catherine and, and, and Jennifer, my wife and myself was out there. And they spilled they spilled uh, all this you know, drinks and food over on the shirt of Captain, right on us. And the manager came in and this is on us. And we are like, normally speaking, you would react in a certain way, yeah. but not to Jesus. Yeah. So how do you respond to that in such a way? So sometimes it's just practical, tangible yeah. way. How do we, when we get squeezed, what's in us comes out. Love, joy, peace. That's way. Other times, oh, we pray for the sick. In the next moment, we have words of knowledge for people. So you operate in a power. Other times, there's wisdom to coming in and giving mm -hmm. people wisdom to solve solutions that they didn't know. That's the three primary ways that I live, both in my Jerusalem, but then also in the othermost part of the yeah, world. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, because I love that. Because, you know, the word even says it's his kindness that leads to repentance. Yeah. You know, showing the kindness and the love of God is the best way to turn a child's heart back to their father. Yeah. So, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, so it, it's just very exciting. And that's part of our heart here is just that his last command is our first priority. Absolutely, absolutely. So this is kind of a toughie, but why do you think so many people, you know, especially in the Christian world, you know, we love God and we talked about it at the beginning, you know, we know this commandment, we've heard it or this commission. And so why do you think that a lot of people have turned away from this being their first priority? Is it just the busyness or we get so excited with like, Oh, we have awesome conferences and worship and this and that and all these different, is it, we're too busy, too distracted? Or, or why do you think that we've fallen away? Because like you mentioned, it, it, it's so simple, you know, and yet so many people seem that this is maybe number five, number six, but not number one. I think that there has several different factors, but I'm going to put a couple of that I believe is just very, very simple. Yeah. One of them, I think that when something else becomes our first priority, so if I were the enemy, we talked about just the Matthew 6, 33, you seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. What the enemy wants us to do is to seek something else first. Yeah. So people say, well, I got offended. Or the people didn't like me in church. Or nobody talked to me. Or I didn't like worship. Or before you know, you don't see that self is actually on the top of your oh. priority list. Because how do you offend somebody that has become love? Yeah. You, you can't do that. So, but people are then coming to say, how can I receive love? 
So you put expectation mm. of other people that is going to make you happy because you find your identity again then based upon what other people are going to do. And when they don't do it, it leads to disappointment. Mm. So then you're getting disappointed with people. You get disappointed in relationship or disappointed with church and everything yeah. else. And the next moment, you do not realize you're, then you have all these wounds and hurts. And in the next moment, I need somebody to help me to fix it. Yeah. And then pain seeks pleasure. You start is escapism. So I think that the enemy is just setting up this trap in a simple way because yeah. it's very hard to hurt a dead person. Mm -hmm. And if you have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer you who live, Galatians 2.20. Yeah. And for those who are in Christ Jesus, a new creation. The old has passed away, 2 Corinthians 5.21. So when you start to see this whole thing of you end up then with sin management mm. instead of glory management. Yeah. So Romans 3.23 says we all have sin and fall short of glory of God. So what we end up with, and when you do not know the glory, then you think focusing, it's not just your sin, other people's sin. Yeah, that's and that's what we end up managing. Yeah. And then we point into other people. The reason we don't do it is because it's almost like everybody would like to ride a wave, but very few people want to create a wave. Yeah. So in a sense of, oh, I'm trying to get to worship. I want somebody else to go to the secret place because I don't know how to find the secret. And I really think it comes down to a basic, simple thing, identity. I still think it's totally yeah. identity. Because again, if you think this is a date and it was a bad date and if Jesus doesn't work, I go somewhere else to get me a date. And it literally is how many yeah. believers are operating these days. Yeah. I, I have some people that are leaving Jesus these days because he didn't work. I mean, it's Crazy, one of those, yeah, yeah it's this whole notion because again, because I don't think they've heard a real gospel. Yeah. You have not really received a true gospel. And the gospel we've had is you pray your prayer and the next moment receive Jesus to come into your heart. Now, now Jesus lives in your heart. Now you're going to start to be disciple and you're going to start to grow. And mm -hmm. in the next moment, what's happening to these people, they're getting very, very discouraged because this Jesus that was going to coming in, that was going to give me joy and peace and love and yeah. all those different. Pretty much make my world perfect for It's me. going to make yeah. it better. Yeah, yeah. Then in the next moment, the, the gospel I bought into is not working. And then when it's not working, how are you going to get to this wall for mm. people to tell these people what the good news is? And then we are kind of having this whole thing of going through life and feeling, yeah. well, I'm myself disappointed by this gospel because it's not That's working for us. So how are we going to share gospel that is working no matter what circumstances? Mm -hmm. If we have not bought into gospel, that is not, it's about an eternal gospel. So I think that, well, first of all, we have to, First of all, find out what the identity is, that you are in Christ and Christ is in you and it is the Christ in you that is the hope of glory around you. So you can see at least who you are and that you're yeah. married to him. And this is not, this is in good times and in bad times until death yeah. do us part. I am married to him. He took the old life and this is the new life. And yeah, sometimes I'm act like the old, but that's not who I am any longer. What I'm not a chicken, I'm an eagle. Yeah, and it sounds like it's not even just about getting back to our identity, but some of it's even getting to Jesus's identity and rediscovering who God and who Jesus really is. Cause like you said, and I noticed over years and it's an analogy I use um, a lot because I feel like a lot of people can relate to it. But if you've ever, especially as a kid been to the beach and you're out in the water and mom and dad, you know, are on the shore and there, you know, there's always the rules. I like don't go more than, you know, knee deep or certain things like that. Look at the flag and wait for storm, whatever, all this going on. And you're just over there playing, having a good time. A couple hours go by and you hear like me, it's like, Lila, 
oh, come back over here. And you look up and all of a sudden you're like seven or eight condos down. And you're like, how did I even get down here? I was just playing in the sand. I was didn't even go more than knee deep. And you don't even realize how quickly you start to drift away from where you're supposed to be. And then now you're having to trudge to try to, you know, like get back to, you know, where you're supposed to be. And I feel like that's like a clear example of like, you know, when we're not staying rooted, we're not staying grounded in who God is. And it's so easy for us to sometimes drift. And it's such a need for us to get back aligned with the truth of who is Jesus? What is this gospel truly about? There were seasons I would go in, I'd hear all these teaching, I'm watching all these podcasts, I'm doing all these different things. And then for me, it's been a strong conviction to get into the word. Every night I read my word. And every time I read it, it'll be somewhere I'm like, wow, I was not believing this correctly. Or I'm seeing different sides of Jesus. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, we are called, we're living in this world. And you said in this world, we will have trouble, but you've overcome the world, you know, but there is the both and, you know, there are one of the fruits of the spirit. We always want to leave out long suffering, but that's in there. You know, he never promised that it would be easy, you know, and so just so many things like that, that, you know, like you said, it's about our identity, but I feel like a lot of it is rediscovering his identity, who yeah. Jesus truly was and what that really means for our lives. Because I think we have such a weird picture of that. Yeah. And the gospel, of course, means good news. But yeah. what is actually the good news? Yeah. If we cannot define, so if the good news is self is in the center and I'm starting a self-improvement and self-help and mm -hmm. I am actually asking Jesus to come in and to help yeah. me so, so I can fulfill my dreams because it's all about me. That is a... It's the opposite of the whole gospel. Yeah. Know actually what Jesus is actually coming from. To take all of that, put that on the cross, and then free you from you. Yeah. So that you can find you, the real you. Somebody that, yeah. that is totally free. Whom the Son set free is free indeed. He came to set mm -hmm. you free. But we says, I don't want him to control me. No, that when you are suddenly yoked with him is when you find your freedom. Yes. When you're becoming one with him. And that's one of the reasons why for people then that have captured this good news and this gospel, when all these small little things that is happening, mm -hmm. like yesterday, somebody came in and said, I had somebody text me and, and somebody said this negative thing about me and this one on Facebook and everything. And I almost started to laugh because this friend of mine took this like, oh, these people are saying bad things about you. And I was thinking, what did they say about Jesus? Yeah. And if you're going to follow him, so if you're getting affected by some yeah. of those things. They tried to kill him the first time he <laughs> yeah. spoke. Yes, yeah, so it's like, like wow, yeah. I, I have, excuse me, Paul was stoned and shipwrecked and all those different things and, and he considered all these things joy when these yeah. trials comes against him and he's in prison in, in Philippians and Colossians and when he wrote four of those epistles and he talks about the joy and everything in prison and that's not nice mm -hmm. prisons like we have today. This is third world prison. I visited some of them and Paul yeah. is sitting and describing this incredible joy. Of course when Jesus suffered I get to actually follow in his footsteps. Yeah. But a theology of suffering. Oh, I'm not talking about sickness and disease because yeah. Jesus took that so we shouldn't. And so we could step into divine health and into abundance. But as I am, so are you. Yeah. But sometimes we do not know how to tap into yeah. not just who he is, but who we are. Because sometimes who Jesus is to us is who he be through us. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's so important for us to see who he is yeah. and how he represented the Father and then received the same Holy Spirit mm -hmm. that can help us to live and love like him right now. Then the mission, what he calls us to do, no matter mm -hmm. what it is, you're suddenly realizing, wow, this is exciting. Yes. Thank God it is Monday and you wake up in the morning yes, and it's and you're like, on a journey with God whoa. and it's not, you know, something that's out of duty or out of performance or anything like that. You know, it's literally just out of a love, crazy romance novel, you know, with the Lord, you know, and that's what I love that you share so much. And we're so big on family and our GMA family and building family because 
that's been one of the things is if we truly believe that we're in this body of Christ, if we truly believe that the church, you know, that we are meant to come together as one and we are brothers and sisters, that we are connected, you know, it's like I think of it all the time because I used to say that to God. I'd be like, Lord, like, isn't it kind of twisted if you have kids and you're like, if you don't save your brother, they're going to burn forever. It's your fault. You know, and I would have these, like you said, these weird views of God that made me feel honestly, it would paralyze me. So instead of doing anything now, I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. So I'd rather just do nothing than mess it up, you know? And it wasn't until he started to show me, it's like, no, like I created you because I love you. You know, I would have sent Jesus just for you. Like we have a thing going on here, you know? But out of that love, when I look over at someone like Cody, you know, sitting out over here, I'm like, he's my brother, you know, and if he's suffering and whatever that looks like, if it's sickness, if it's bound to addiction, if it's whatever that thing could be, my heart is literally compelled by love because I have a solution for my brother and it's no longer duty. It's literally waking up, like you said, in the morning saying, God, what can we do together today? Like, who can we bless today? Which one of my brothers and sisters can I talk to today? Please, God, let's do this together. And it's, and he's just like, let's do it, you know, let's go. So I love that you're talking about that. And just the importance of that, you know, recognizing again who he is, who we are, and this family that we're a part of and that we really are out here to bring in brothers and sisters and to bring the reward to Jesus. Like you said, that first priority is to bring him his reward. So, um, yeah, and it's so incredible. beautiful because what should be, and I, I shouldn't even say this for anyone <laughs> that listen, because in Wall Street it is illegal, but in the kingdom it's actually legal. <laughs> And it's called inside trading. So I'm just whispering the secret <laughs> to all of you. It's like if if I knew how a stock will go, yeah. then it's illegal for me to tell. That's Wall Street. But in the kingdom, let me tell you something. I just sneaked and I read the book of ending, the book of Revelation, how everything ends. And you know something? It started very well, but it ends very well. So when I then have stocks, it ends represented from every nation, every tongue, mm. every tribe and every language. And they're standing before him. Yeah. So in the book of Revelation, when we start to see, it's not just that he started the Great Commission, yeah. but all the desire that Jesus had when he says all authority has been given. Then you start to see the ending, how it ends. It ends so well. And that should be an encouragement for all of us yeah. that are involved. It's not like it's getting bad or it's getting worse. No, it's actually looking very good for the kingdom. Mm. And that's what a beautiful part of the kingdom family, because yeah. as I sneaked in the ending and I saw how my stock was doing and my portfolio looked so great because mm -hmm. here they are. If I'm looking into heaven, there is that billion soul harvest. Here you're seeing a billion more sons and daughters represented yes. from every nation, every tongue, every tribe, every language, meaning every ethnic group in Pakistan have heard the gospel, meaning Korea is there in heaven. Multitudes of North Koreans are in heaven. So when you view North Korea, you see it differently yeah. because as a prophetic people, when you say, oh, this is what darkness is doing, you're saying, arise and shine, my light has come. So the prophetic people are coming into an alignment and it's just saying, hey, this is the redemptive gift of North Korea. This is what God wants to do in Iran. Here's what's going on in Syria. This is Damascus. I know it was being bombed and there's evil and the enemy is coming over, but we're not focusing so much on what the yeah. enemy is doing. We focus on what God is doing. Absolutely. This is what God wants. We speak prophetically in there. We mm -hmm. sow prophetically in there and we are involved in this 21st century slugfest that the Holy Spirit is doing oh around gosh. the world today. Yes. So be careful. This kind of a thinking can lead to dancing, dancing. and you can become a joyful Christian <laughs> and maybe the joy of the Lord will be your strength. So be careful. You can become contagious with a joy virus. <laughs>